What's up, everybody? This is Kyle Krieger, and I am one half of the team at Lighthouse Educator Development and Value as Value. And I want to welcome you to this episode of the Value as Value podcast, along with Wilkie Law. We started this podcast three years ago to help teachers become the kind of teacher their kids deserve. And we're so thrilled to be joined by you on this journey and to have you be a part of our uh, teaching community. So you're here because you want to get better. You want to be that teacher your kids deserve. You want to be that teacher your kids need. And we hope to help you become that teacher by sharing our stories and the stories of educators from around the country of how they built their craft through experience, how they continue to sharpen their skill set through reflection, and how they're leveraging their authenticity to be the change that we need to see in our kids. So we're thrilled that you're here and we're so glad you joined us. But before you do that, if you don't mind hitting the subscribe button, we'd really appreciate it and sharing this episode if you find value. If you want to find us outside of this podcast, you can do that on YouTube uh, as Value Adds Value. And as well, you can find us on Facebook as Lighthouse Educator Development or Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at Value Adds Value. But for now, we hope you enjoy this episode of the Value Adds Value podcast. Before we get started on this episode, everybody, we want to take a chance to talk to you about a platform and a company that we believe in, and that's Nearpod. Now, we've had a relationship with Nearpod for over a year now, and it is by far the best educational platform we've ever used. What Nearpod is, is a presentation and engagement tool that you can use with your students. The things we love about it is you can create lessons that can either be paced by you, the teacher, or you can create lessons that allow your students to work at their own pace. And it's interactive. And one thing they've just added that makes it so much easier is it can integrate with Google Slides and Focac. So if you want to try Nearpod for free, go to this website, go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value. That's go.nearpod.com backslash value adds value to try Nearpod for free. Welcome back, everybody, to the final Value Adds Value podcast of 2019. My name is Kyle Krieger. Wow. I'm thrilled for you to be here with Wow. Me. You just said the and last like, of 2019. I'm sorry to interrupt your intro. Wow. Crazy. Perspective. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt the intro, but um, yeah, man, that, saying those words is really kind of, Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, as you say, it's the last podcast of 2019. The last podcast, <laughs> and we are putting it out on the very last day of 2019 on New Year's Eve. Um, and what we want to do on this podcast is do what we preach for teachers to do is to reflect. Um, obviously, it's not the end of the school year, but it is the end of a ca- uh, the calendar year, so it's a good time for us to reflect and. And look back and um, endure some of the pain that 
we know we've got coming because we, you know, well, we talk two or three or four times a week. So we're pretty aware of the things we haven't done and where we've let things slip, but it's never easy to look back and, and see the opportunities that we missed and, and the places we made mistakes, but it's, it's a good time to do it. But it's never easy to do it. But the beautiful thing about it is that once it's done, you learn so much from it. You learn so much from it. You know, everybody wants to end product. Nobody wants to process. The process is necessary. And what's happening in that process is even more necessary than the process itself, because we got to make sure we're cognitive of what we're setting forth out. Because again, you don't want to be like, you know, I love the way Earl Nightingale talks about, would you put a mat, would you jump aboard if you put, Two ships leaving the exact same port at the exact same time. One has a captain at the helm and, and the other one doesn't. And they both leave, set out on a destination from the port at the exact same time. Which one would you rather be on? Would you rather be on one with the captain at the helm? Or would you rather be on one that's just going to wander aimlessly and never get to a, to a prescribed place? And I think that's what reflection helps us do. That's what goal setting helps us do. It helps us put a captain at the helm of our ship and make sure that we're able to get and arrive to the destination that we set. And so talking about that, that, that kind of leads us to a great segue into this first question. Uh, did we stick to our goals, Kyle? Um, the difficult part about that question is we are having a difficult time finding where we wrote goals. And I know that at some point we wrote goals, but the fact that we can't readily find them. Or we, at this point, at the end of the year, it shouldn't even be about readily finding them. It should be rolling off our tongue of what our goals were. Because when we set the goals the prior year, it was so readily available. We talked about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And you said it before we came on air. You said, what did you say? Um, when I asked you the question about the goals, you said it, it became what? What did you say? Um, it got lost in translation. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's something that that moving forward that we have to be hyper vigilant about and is making sure that the goal stays before us. Right. You know, I love the way Facebook talks about it when Facebook says that they became a mission, they are a mission driven company. And despite all the things that, you know, all the critical things that's going on with Facebook, the reality is, is that from the very start, Mark Zuckerberg's goal was to connect people. Period. That's what he wanted to do. And that was the mission of Facebook is to connect people. And I can't tell you how many people, I still have a Facebook account. And how many of those class of 1993 cashmere groups I'm in that I get an opportunity to connect with friends that I hadn't seen in 25 years. You know what I mean? So that makes he, he having a mission and keeping it in front of you makes, makes, makes everything go like it's supposed to go. Right. So we did right. not do that. So why didn't we do that? Well, I, I went back and I found a document that had said exploding in 20 in 2019. So we did do it. But I think the problem is we did it around this time last year and we never 
went, visited it. we never went back to it. We never, we never got centered. And I think the biggest problem that stemmed from that is a lack of prioritization and a lack of uh, continuity between the two of us. And we don't want to make excuses, but we were both, um, especially late spring, early summer, going through through some difficult times. Um, me as I was working to get back into a teaching job, and and you with you know kind of the resurfacing of some family stuff from from a long time ago. There was a, quite a, I mean, there was probably a two or three week span where we we hardly talked at all. Right. And it right. and it just really. Um, um, became difficult, but I I think one thing I learned just looking at these goals, and it's something that I've learned from my fiance, is that I set these big macro goals, but I don't set the micro goals to work towards the macro. You know, here we I'm looking at it. You know, we wanted to, um. You know, with our podcast, let me find what we did. So we wanted to do a million downloads. And we didn't even come remotely close. But think about this. The year before we set a goal and how many conversations did we have about hitting the, what was it at that point? We wanted to get to... Ten thousand. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, ten ten thousand downloads would have been ten times what we had. Okay, so that's where we were. Yeah, so we were in a mindset of, but think about what we did to get those downloads. Because there was a stretch there where we were posting consistently. We were we were reaching out to people. I mean, we were. I'm just gonna say the best term is we were more active. Yeah, in the space that we were given, which led to the development of the, that type of growth. And I think we looked at, kept saying, we must keep translating that growth in number when it really didn't make sense because it's really not a clear defined goal. Yeah, yeah. So it's just kind of one of those broad stroke things that, oh yeah, hey, we want to do this by a certain time but with no actual execution plan of what's going to right. take place. Because in order to get to that level, there's some, there's some marketing things that have to take place. So there's some goals for marketing that you have to hit. There's some, there's some uh, video and editing things that has to be in place. And there has to be goals for that in order to get to that point. And, you know, you and I follow some of the same people and, you know, some of the same podcasts we listen to. And if you look at what they're doing with their podcast, that they're actually doing those things that for some reason this year we didn't see we saw it the year before but again we were we were fueling the engine that was trying to get us there this year we just kind of kept just kind of muttering and not really stopping to kind of refuel i guess you could say yeah yeah we were we were we were paddling our boat in a circle and can like. I be honest with you? And can I be honest with you? And I'm not gonna lie, it, it's not an excuse. But for anyone out there who who is considering working on their doctorate degree and advancing their education, I just want to give a plug here to say: make sure that it is what you want. 
because it's not easy. Um, it is not easy. It's not, um, if a program guarantees you it's gonna be easy, I would question the integrity of that program. Um, but when you have multiple people critiquing your work and critiquing your research, uh, it, it's a challenge. And because um, not only do you have to write about what you believe, you also have to write about those that critique what you believe. And you have to debunk their critique with the belief that you stated before, finding new evidence <laughs> that, that supports your claim and evidence that dispels their claim. And so, I just tell, I just urge anybody that if it's what you want, and I know a lot of my, you know, I really started doing the math. I, was, I, I said, you know, I've been in school literally. This we're going into 2020, so I've been in school literally since 2014, 2015, uh, when I first started with my master's, and then went straight into my doctorate. So from 2014 to 20, that's six years of consistent school um, along with working a full-time job, having a wife and a daughter and trying to do all the things that we do with the podcast, with the nonprofit, with the after-school program. And it was times that it got overwhelming. I mean, and again, throw in the batch of emotions I felt last year. You know, I, I think I did talk about it, um, about my mom, you know, celebrating the 25th anniversary of my mom's passing. Uh, really kind of sent me into a tailspin and had me dealing with some deep-rooted depression issues that I hadn't that I hadn't really dealt with. Um, I think that over time it kind of um, became like a callus almost, where it was okay. Um, and then with the with the 25th anniversary and me really just going into just like I say, a lot of deep thought. My mind went a place that I didn't want it to go. And and it, and it took some work and it took, you know, having honest conversations with you and, you know, with my wife uh, about what I was going through to kind of help me navigate it. Because, you know, you're taking in all, all the things that you're taking for, for with your kids and we know our kids are going through a lot. You know, our kids are seeing a lot and um, we're taking that on. And, and then on top of that, you're adding your own. You know, so, um, you know, someone just. I just uh, saw someone posted on their page something about just because just because they make it look easy doesn't mean the load isn't heavy. Um, and I think that's kind of how I can sum, sum up my my 2019 is that it, it was a heavy load because I said last year was one of my most difficult year of teaching that I've experienced, but it was also my most rewarding, the most challenging, but yet the most rewarding, and. <clears throat> that kind of energy going into the latter, the beginning of 2019, and then going into this school year with with everything else. It, like I say, it's it's a lot, and but I'm glad that we're at this point. Oh, for sure. And the fact that you know matters that we didn't quit. You know, never we, we didn't quit. We didn't say you know this is not going to work. And you know we we've had our issues. Um, and and I, like I said again, iron sharpens iron. Right. I wouldn't want to have someone in my corner who wouldn't call me out you know and 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 with what you're saying too i think it took me a really long time to understand um your priorities and and partially because it was just a lack of communication like i didn't understand 
like I knew you were working hard. And at times when I would get negative, I would think that, you know, when we missed meetings or we missed podcasts or we didn't do the things we were supposed to, I was just like, oh, he just doesn't want to prioritize this. That's what I would tell myself in my head. But then you realize how much of that stuff is going on. And like you said, how much of a burden you were carrying. And and I think we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks is the number one thing we want to make sure we do in 2020 is remember that we are, you know, we're friends first. And I think that was something that got so lost with me this year was the fact that before we were teammates or, you know, partners in the work that we're doing is we were friends and we, we started this thing because we were friends and we had a good relationship and it was something that we both believed in. And, and, and I, I know that doesn't translate into anything that we can, you know, necessarily look at with the podcast or with our presentations or with our teaching, but that's a super important part. Like, like we both said, if, if, we had to choose between our friendship or the work we do, we would choose our friendship. That's more important. Absolutely. So, and, you know, and I think that coming to that realization um, as individuals and as, as partners in this, it's almost like that has to become an evolution where that kind of gets weighed. Um, you know, when you think about some of the great partnerships that started with friendships, where they kind of started getting rocky is when there was a lack of communication. And what happened then is moves that were being made were making people doubt the, the sincerity or the integrity of the direction that they were going in. And so things, it was that one little element of communication as, as, as you talk about working with cohesive teams and this translates into teachers with their students in their classrooms as a team, uh, with the teachers to coach the teacher as, you know, part of a team of teachers, you know, working collectively as a group, that having that open and clear line of communication to understand that let's, let's go back to the basics. What was the very thing that brought us here? In some cases, it wasn't a friendship. It was, we were put here, but what's our goal to be here to make students great. So let's rally around that. For you and I, ours come together with, why did we come together? Because we were two guys that were in a profession where we were rarity and we were having conversations that were really trying to advance each other and sharpen each other in the field of education. And we became friends communicating on truth because that's how we wanted to be with each other, you know, being brutally honest with each other. And sometimes in business, you get to that point to where it's like, you forget that if, if you're friends, I should be able to come to you as a friend and tell you anything. You know, I would hope a friend would tell me, you know, I always joke with kids and say, don't let Mr. Law walk around here and my breath stink, or don't let me walk around here with boogies hanging out of my nose. Um, because that tells me something, if you allow me to walk around like that and you'd rather laugh at me, then that tells me you're not with me. You know what I mean? And so I think in, in when you're talking about building relationships with people, as much as people despise truth, and I'll say it, most people despise truth. Um, I, hey guys, just a quick question. Have you subscribed to this podcast yet? If you haven't, it means the world to us. 
that you would stick by us on this journey of becoming the teachers that our kids deserve. And also, if you want to learn more about the work that we do, how we can help you grow your craft and sharpen your skills and build your confidence and become that teacher that you've always wanted to be, a teacher who lives in their own authenticity and is doing the best they can for kids, then check out the ledproject.com or patreon.com backslash value adds value. So those are the places you can find us as well as subscribing to this podcast to continue to grow as an educator with us. I do believe that most people desire it at the same time with the same level of intensity, but we want it in, we want it in metered sections. We want it in doses we can take. Right. Right. And that's, like I say, I, I think we've evolved. I think every struggle that we've had helped us to evolve, not only as individuals, but evolve the podcast, evolve uh, our mission and our goal for um, the nonprofit. Uh, it helps drive what we do with the kids. And I think at the end of the day, that is where we hang our hat is that that's what's most important. Yeah, I mean, and and the thing with us too is I know that the more clear we get with our message as a unit for our nonprofit and for the work we do, the podcast, all of it, um, the the better I become as a teacher. I mean, because me as a teacher, I have to sit there and I have to remember, and I have this little note above my desk that says, "Be the kid, be the teacher your kids deserve," and for me that 100% revolves around authenticity, mm-hmm. you know, and, and for us this coming year, authenticity is a huge piece. But I think the one thing we learned right this year is that our messaging wasn't great. <laughs> like what we actually stand for and what we're about wasn't portraying even to each other at times. And and I think that's really where, you know, going through a really difficult year because, man, like, I've been out of the class before this year. I was out of the classroom two of three years. I'd only been in the classroom one of the, the prior three years. And that year was not great. But for me to have come into my new position and be doing as well as I am and having as much fun as I am and really be succeeding in the way that I want to be succeeding and being true to who I am. It's been so rewarding. And, you know, for me, the, the hardest time of the year was through the spring and the summer. You know, I interviewed 11 times before I got the job that I got. And it was hard at times, man, like to, to, you know, the first few times that I got turned down, when you would tell me, you know, it all happens for a reason, you know, think good things are coming. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I got you. I know. But then by like the sixth or the seventh time and the eighth time and the ninth time, and it's getting towards the end of the summer and you're sitting there thinking about, you know, at that point I had gotten engaged or I was about to get engaged. And I'm like, you know, I got to have this happen but for it to have happened the way that it did and to have had you, you know, there supporting me the entire time. And I mean, that was really, 
you know, one of the most meaningful things I've ever been a part of was to, to go through that challenging time to get to where I'm at now. It's really good to hear. It feels good to hear you say that, man. And I'm glad I could be there for that with you. You know, I, you know, I told you, I, I think that you represent a lot of times the, the, the best part of stuff that was in me. Um, and I, I remember, and I'm going to go on record because I remember saying this the whole time when you were in Houston, that I thought you needed to find you a Midwest girl. I remember saying that. Uh, I, uh, that. <laughs> I remember saying that uh, over tried, and over again. I mean, there were a few, we tried a few times and it didn't work out. It didn't work out, man. Yeah. But now fate has it has brought you to where you're supposed to be. And again, you know, when you think about even that dynamic of that explosion of, of relationship, of going into that, because anytime you, you know, I, my, I, my wife and I always talk about it, like our kind of journey. Um, but when you think about whenever two things come together in nature, there's a, there's a collision. You know, you think of celestial beings when two stars drift together, there's a collision and there's a subsequent explosion from that. Um, that and it may seem all violent coming together, but it actually, once it kind of filters out, it becomes this beautiful being because either it produces more stars or more, you know, more uh, uh, celestial bodies or more atoms that fusion, that collision comes together, it still has its kind of dissonance that causes things to kind of, you know, come unrattled. Right. Um, and if you can endure, endure that unrattling, if you, can, if, you can, if you can endure that rattling when it's going through, on the other side of it, you get to kind of suspend yourself in a place. And I think that that's looking forward into 2020 we have to take our 27, 2018, 2017 success, our 2019, um, I'm not gonna say a flop, but as far as goal setting, we'll say it was a flop because we never revisited our goals. And so take that into 2020, which is kind of ironic that 2020 vision is what the doctors mark you when you, when you can see perfectly without any corrective lenses. You know, so going into 2020, we should be able to go in with clarity of success and subsequent failure to understand what does it taste like to have both and which one are we willing to work for? Yeah. You know, and, and, I, and I think having been such a difficult year, it's hard for me to look back at the great things we did, but we had a lot of really great moments. I mean, like, how much fun did we have this year between... I mean, how many how many times were we up in front of people? I mean, I not nearly as many as many as Principal Kafele. Oh man, but I mean, but you know, I think it was what, at least seven or eight times, maybe. Yeah, I mean, and that's more than we had ever been in front of people. You know, like I was in Milwaukee, you did, you know, those sessions at the daycares, which we're super excited about mm -hmm. in twenty twenty. Um, you know, then we. We're both at AIE and we were both at TCCA, which were both super fun. Mm -hmm. And teach you your know, heart out. Teach your heart out. We don't, we're not on stage, but like we went to three teacher heart outs this year and it was fun every time. And we really, you know, continued to grow and, and learn with those people. We did a lot of good things. And, and, you know, just for me to be back in the classroom and be happier than I've ever been. I mean, that's, 
a, a win for me to be back where I, you know, where I'm supposed to be and to feel like, you know what, I can balance the two. Cause I think when we started this, I always thought I can't do both. I can't mm-hmm. be a teacher and I can't, you know, build this, but then you realize that if we're telling our story, if I'm not in the classroom and I'm doing this, like at some point you get distant and there are parts of me that regret the choices I made, you know, especially the 2016 choice to step back. But I think, you know, who knows if I had made a different choice, if I had stayed in my teaching position, what would happen and how I would have been a different person. And, and, and those things, you can never know, you know, how that choice would have been different, but, you know, rounding out 2019 to be exactly where I, I want to be. And I, well, I you know, when you think about it, there are no mistakes in the universe. Let's get clear on that. There are no mistakes. Decisions that we feel were mistakes were not mistakes. They were divinely designed for us. It's, it's a necessity for us to make the moves that we feel like oh, it took me longer to get there or I should have been further along than this, than that. But the reality is is that what the universe gives us is exactly representative of what we're supposed to get. Now, I say that so that when you think about the fact that the power to get what you want lies in what you believe in, and a lot of times we start to doubt ourselves and, and, and I hate, you know, I, I hate that word, you know, when people say, oh, these are my regrets. I regret not doing this or, you know, maybe things would have been different if I would have. Yes, things would have been different. You know, my daughter and I, we've been talking, she's like, daddy, if you would have went to the Marine Corps, you would have never met mommy. If you would have met mom, wouldn't have met mommy, then I wouldn't have been here. I would have existed in somebody else and say, no, 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 you're here because you were supposed to be here. Every single step led me to your mom, for you to be in existence at this dispensation of time. And even though that did not work out or turn out the way that we thought it would, the greatest thing that came out of that was me becoming a parent, me becoming a father, and me understanding that now the world is bigger than anything that I ever thought it was going to be. And again, that was all that was taking place when I first started teaching. That's how I always know my teaching anniversary because however long old Nevaeh is, is how long I've been teaching. Because it was her birth that got me into teaching that said, nope, I gotta spend time with my baby girl. You know, so I, if I say that, oh, I regret some mistakes, then there was a lot of stuff that would not have taken place. Your growth and development as a teacher, ex- you experience more growth and development as a teacher the year you took off than, than the year that you and then, then it, I feel that if you would have stayed, yeah. because I think it, it it forced you to deal with that 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 that, that, ramb- that rattling. Yeah, you couldn't ignore it anymore. Yeah, you know, and and like I said, and I think having an understanding now that you know me being the dreamer and the guy who's like, well, I can do anything. You know, we just set these lofty goals, and you know, they were lofty. But we can do anything. But here's the thing. When we put that lofty goal up, we have to constantly revisit what are we doing to get to that goal? Because I believe that some of the greatest minds in on this planet, we've been, we've been privy to have in our presence. I believe that some of the greatest people that we've met 
uh, over the course of the last three years uh, have been some of the greatest minds on this planet. Like truthfully, I really do, you know, from meeting, you know, all the people out of University of New Mexico, you know, the Chad Littlefields, um, connecting with the Casey Bethels, the Eric Crouches, you know, connecting with the Juan Gonzalez's, connecting with, you know, just now Claudio uh, Zavala Jr. You know, I'm sitting here taking notes on what he said just now and, and thinking about how just connecting with people gave me this explosion of ideas. This explosion that, that would not have taken place if they would not have taken time to collide with me for a podcast or for you during that time you were traveling you were doing you, you were presenting during that time when you wouldn't even work you were going to you were going to more pd during that time than most teachers probably go to who are full-time teachers yeah i mean throughout and, that year. yeah and i think about you know also you know the the fortunate to meet Amber Calderon and to be connected with Nearpod now and and all the other you know the Lindsay Petlicks and the Miss Lisa and Tasha and Dwayne and and all the, you know all the people that we've been fortunate to meet and it's it's you know it's strange to have almost kind of a feeling of peace of like yeah because now I know that we might not reach every goal we set out but i feel like this year we are more prepared to work towards the goals that we set and we have a better understanding of exactly how to work towards them than we've ever had before and especially with my teaching practice too like Mm -hmm. that has brought a new level of understanding and perspective in me to what we do here than than I think I've had it before. I mean that that year I was at New Richmond, I just think I was in such a negative headspace from the time I got there mm-hmm. that I never really allowed myself to to be myself. And you know, the fact that I took another year off then I, I don't regret it because I don't know that I was really ready to go back, you know, emotionally or mentally because this is a super taxing job. Like you said, like you were saying earlier, the fact that we make it look easy doesn't mean the weight is light. Right. And you know, like, you know, I always challenge anybody who say, oh man, teaching is easy, teaching is easy. And I tell them, come do it, come do it for a while. Come do it. No, not just for a day when you're, when you're that shiny new toy. I like the way um, Mr. Kenawati and Stelly used to always tell me when I would go and teach in this classroom, he's like, but when you come in, you're like the new toy. So yeah, they want to do whatever you're doing because you're the new toy. But when I actually went in his room and I actually stayed in there and taught his class for, I think it was three weeks at a time, like for a three week time period, I saw the newness start wearing off and I started seeing the kids for who they were. And, 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 and it is true. So a lot of times it's like, when you're looking at it, it's like, it's new, it's new, it's new. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then after a while, it's like, okay. 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 So the question is, what do we do to keep the momentum going? Keep the drive going? Because again, we can reflect all day long on how we how we didn't do this, how we didn't do that. But the issue has to shift to being, now what do we do? Yeah. You know, because one of the things I sent out uh, a message to all of the teachers on my team, 
and and I just simply asked them to look at three three areas of their um of their teaching from the last year because a lot of times we don't really we 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 focus on what happened but we don't focus on our responses to what happened. And so the questions, I, the things that I told them would say, what was my response to student behaviors? And you could say student behaviors or student learning. What effects did my responses have on the learning environment? And then how can I improve my responses? Because again, it's not what happens. We know in school, I felt like my kids just for a moment clapping my hands and I got excited. Uh, we know that in schools, um, we face so much. <clears throat> it's like a rapid fire tummy gun of emotions and of, of all type of things. It's just going on, going on, going on, going on, going on, going on, going on. And as teachers, we gotta be there to catch them all. You know, or catch some on a rebound sometimes, you know, and hopefully none slips between our legs. We constantly sitting there. Um, being his goalie, so to speak. And so we have to really kind of stop and say, what was my response when I saw them do this? How, how did I respond? What did my response do to the learning environment? And now how can I do, how can I control my responses to do something different? It could be my response was spot on, learning kept going, ooh, that's easy, guess what? Keep doing that. You know what I mean? Do more of that. Modify that. Remix that and do that in more situations. But if it's that one of those situations where you're like, nah, that didn't give me the response I needed, then change that. <laughs> change yeah. that. And, and to look at it, to find the pattern between the times where you responded well versus the times where you didn't respond well. And I think that's that's a question. What's going on in me? Yeah, right. that's a question we are you know asking ourselves right now is like, how did we respond this year? when things got difficult and i think the response us to start talking better and yeah, talking more and it and it forced us to remember and you know like i said earlier like it, it you know to remember that we were friends first because at that point leading up to when we weren't doing good like we were net we were only talking about the work stuff we were doing we had totally gotten lost and the fact that we just wanted to talk about what was going on and things like that. And, and once we started doing that again and we got back into our rhythm and, you know, we were responsible. Like we, we really said, okay, like we're going to meet, we're going to meet two or three times a week in the morning. And, you know, we responded by saying, okay, this is the time. If we're going to meet, it's going to be 5am. It's got, that's the only time we both have, you know, so we responded in kind to the things that we were going on. And then the other way we responded, I think between like the the building digital character podcast is PD and old school, new school, those were our three best presentations we've done ever because we took months, months of collaboration, months of going back and forth. And even like the one we just did for the educators to educators online conference, halftime adjustments. We had worked on one for like a month before, you know, a week or two before you came up with the idea of halftime adjustments. And it, and it was, came from a conversation. It did. And it, it did. But it came out of the work that, you know, we had been doing work. And, and I think, you know, from, say, 
late July. No, no, it was probably before. It probably happened June. So maybe right, right before the cruise, I think is when we kind of got to a point where we like everything kind of came to a head and we like had a, you know, kind of a come to Jesus. And from the time since the cruise, like we really have done the things that we said we're going to do. And, you know, the podcast is continuing to grow. It's continuing to, we're continuing to make a difference. And I think that was the one thing that I really had done better this year of realizing that no matter what, if people are still listening to our podcast and they're watching our stuff on Instagram and on YouTube, we're making a difference. And I think that's the, that's what we have to keep hanging our hat on. Are we having an impact? You know, one of my old pastors, my old pastor used to say, um, if we were to close our doors and stop recording podcasts, would people notice? I think right now at this point, we've developed a following to where if we were to stop, I think people would notice. Right. I I know personally people who tell me, man, I, I, I liked your podcast. I listened to the podcast the other week and I like it. And I like the fact that it's now becoming closer to my education circle that I that I work in. It can have more people that I know that I work with that are talking to me about the guests we had on our podcast, which is totally different than what I have in the past. It's been primarily people from without. Now there are people from within who are recognizing that. And I think that, again, not for the recognition, but for the fact that someone on a podcast said something that helped make a difference for them. Right. And so to understand that we're the catalyst for that, that's all we can be. We can't make people change. We can't force people to change. We can't even force ourselves to change. All we have to do is present people and present ourselves with the opportunities that there is an alternative or there is something else or there is something that you can do differently. And again, it may come from hearing it from a principal Kofele. You know, it could come from um, somebody listening to the podcast with Lisa. You know, it could be the artist who wants to move in advance in something they're doing, talking with, listening to someone like Ryan Parker or, you know, Claudio. There's so much that can come out of it. And there's so many people and so many lives, which in turn goes back to so many students who could be impacted, which is our whole focus is that every student has that teacher that they deserve in the classroom all the time. But, you know, the thing, and maybe this is kind of a good point to wrap this podcast episode up at is, I don't think it's a coincidence that this is the best that you and I have ever been in the classroom. If nothing else ever good ever happens from the work we do, we are substantially better teachers than we were three years ago. By far. Do you know how, do you know how much we've gotten? How, how much time and how many hours of listening to teachers and getting better and hearing their stories and doing those things and and I see it in who I am mm-hmm. and this is the first year that I've really felt like authentic to who I am and you know years prior I would have taken you know in my new position I would have taken what someone else had done you know like in terms of curriculum scope and sequence and taught it like they had but I just from the day one I just couldn't and I've accepted this year and I've talked to my kids about this, like, guys, this is me trying to figure out how I best teach this class. So not everything is going to be perfect. 
mm-hmm. and some things are really going to suck. And I've made several mistakes in terms of how long or my expectations for a particular activity or whatever it might be. But I'm upfront with my kids about it. But don't you find it ironic that when you think about, when, you, when they talk about what doctors do, when they talk about what medical physicians do, if I was to open up a, a, a my own medical practice, it would be called that, the medical practice. Because, you know, I, I often tell people it's because really what they're doing is they're practicing and auditioning things out with people as they come in. You're sick. You're demonstrating this, hmm. And you're also demonstrating this, hmm. So they're almost like creating a matrix saying, you see this, you don't see this, but you see this. So go here, yes, go here, no. So I'm gonna go here, try these. If it doesn't work, what do they tell you? Come back and let's try to make it work again. We'll, we'll see what else, what else can work. But I gotta try to first, I gotta address if there's any fever in the body. I gotta get that first, cause I gotta get that, that's the body's defense mechanism. So they're practicing to see what can we do to get to the source. That is the exact same thing we do in the classroom. That is the exact same thing that we do every single day in the classroom. And if we get that in our mind that we're practicing and, and that we're, we're in the process of developing young lives, then something in us ought to be triggered to take it more, be more diligent or be more intentional about how we're doing it. And that's what our podcast has done. Think about all the people, over a hundred guests we've interviewed, over a hundred guests we've interviewed. Think about, that means that we've set and literally had a one-on-one powwow specific to certain things that these different teachers bring. Because not all of them bring the exact same thing to the table. So, you know, talk about PDS podcast, I mean, podcasts as PD, the the the, um, the professional development, that is it in its essence. You know, and we could literally do a year's worth of professional development just listening to our own podcast, one a week. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's awesome. Like, I'm so proud of the fact that we've done this and we've stuck with it. And, um, you know, the thing is, but I think we had to, like you said, in the scheme of the universe and, and in the plan, we had to have this rocky to really like refocus. But I've just been so overwhelmed with appreciation these last couple of weeks for everything that's good in my life. Mm-hmm. Like if we have a podcast that only gets listened, if we do one podcast a week for the next however many years and 100 or 200 people listen to it every time, that's that's worth it mm-hmm. it's worth the work because we're also getting better ourselves but i'm getting married in like 11 months how crazy is that you know your daughter's going to be in high school next year how crazy is that you know when we first started the podcast we were listening to beckett cry like beckett was a baby and now Wyatt's already two, Beckett's four, Merritt and Julia are here. Like, you know, it's so crazy. It's so crazy how far we've come. But, you know, I think the biggest thing for me reflecting on this year is I let go of a lot of the the 
the way I thought things had like the script that I thought things had to go by and the things that I thought had to happen or how almost how we define ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we're, I think we've gotten really now, I mean, we've been doing working at this. We've known each other six years and we've been working at this to finally get to the point where we know what we do and what we want to do is help teachers be the, be the kind of teachers their kids deserve. And in 2020, everything we're going to, we do is going to be focused on that fact. And that, and that becomes, you know, our North star. Yeah. I love that. Comes our North star. That's our North star. If when we look at no matter what we're doing and, and the thing that I love about that being our North star is I can measure myself by that. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's funny. My, my pastor said it just the other day at church. He said, stop trying to diversify until you do one thing extremely well. He's saying then it's not you diversifying. It's just from you doing one thing so very well, you now have someone who joined up with you that does something else very well that helps you do your thing even better. So now y'all partner together. Now you're not having to worry about doing this and that. You're just keeping doing this. And now you have a partner who does that other thing that they do very well. And when you get a group of people that come together with the purpose of saying, I'm going to, we're going to help each other do well and succeed at this one thing, this one thing, and when we get that laser light focus, change happens. It's called now they're in the education space, they're looking at the, the collective teacher efficacy is what they're looking for. The collective teacher efficacy is what they call it. How much every teacher that's working on a team or in a building believes in one another to be that type of teacher that students deserve. That is what they're looking, and they're saying that that collective teacher efficacy is more important to student growth and learning than a student's past success, right? Than a student's bank account or the school that they go to. How well those teachers gel together, and that that's what makes things what like what Ron Clark has going on in Atlanta. That's what makes that so great, because he's developed that collective teacher efficacy to where. We're going to combine, if nothing else, that once you get hired, all teachers slide down the slide going into the building. You know, in the lobby, if that's the only thing that we come together on, we're going to come together on, um, on that and make that one of our collective things that we rally around. And now that begins to build and snowball. Yeah. And now those little violent explosions that happen in the classroom and in the school and in the community and in the culture, it from it, something comes out of it because everybody trusts what the other one's trying to do. Yeah. And that's a great way to spot. This is a great spot to stop. So let's, let's put out into the universe a couple of the things we've got going this year to make sure everybody knows and everybody can hold us accountable. So what's one thing that's important to us, one project we've got going that you're excited about? And for me, it has to be the Mac. It's so personal to me right now. Um, that that would be my my thing, the Mac and posting <laughs> social media. Like I, yeah. So then let's let's because this is something we don't do well. We don't ask for help. 
we're bad at it. So how can our <laughs> listeners help out with the Mac? What can they do to support the Mac? I mean, if you if, if you have any type of experience with any of the creative arts, if you are an artist, if you are a singer, a poet, um, a, Photography. a, a paying photographer, videographer, um, you don't have to be there in person. You can be anywhere. We can jump on a Zoom call like this. We can do it pre-recorded. We can jump on it live. Just something to help my kids get a different perspective. My whole the whole thing for this year is share your voice. Um, getting the kids to understand that they have the power to share their voice um, and how, show them how to share their authentic voice, not what you think. People, you know, one of the guys during our auditions talked about he was going to reach in his pocket and grab his deuce deuce and shoot 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 gat gat gat. And I asked him, I said, "Well, where's your gat at? That's not authentic to you. That's you trying to be something that you heard on the radio." You're putting words together that rhyme. That's not authentically who you are. And he understood that because he, he was like, you know, that's not me. So why would you want to put something out? So anybody who, you know, want to just share that input, you know, share, share their experience with, with our kids to kind of help them develop that inner voice, to understand how to portray it, how to put it out there into the universe. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. If you want to donate, I know we've, we've started an Amazon wish list. Um, and uh, we'll be posting that this 2020 for the things that we want to get um, for the kids so they can have their own camera rigs, they can have their own lights, um, and we can actually start, you know, doing the things that we put that we wanted to do, recording music videos, uh, doing our poetry slams, and doing our um, our tiny classroom series. So look out NPR. <laughs> yeah. We got something coming this year, so. Really excited. And and for me, I think it's just a year of we've spent three years creating and creating. I mean, in terms of podcasts with video, there's hundreds of hours. And sharing that is super important with me this year. So building our YouTube channel just to share what we've got. So it's another space where teachers can learn and grow. And I got to say something that honestly started it all. It was our first presentation ever in 20. It must've been 2016 or 2015. 2015, I think. 2015 at, at um, lead forward. We, we presented the ABCs of inspired teaching and to have that come back around to now be our first book, which is going to be, we think just for um, self-published digital download, um, you know, 26 words that we think lead to inspire teaching and all really focus on helping teachers build their authenticity. Because if we're wrapping it back to what our mission is to help teachers be the kind of teachers that kids deserve, if there's one trait that we believe is kind of the mother virtue of that, it's authenticity. It's it's the trait right now that will make the biggest you're difference. You're giving away too much of the book. Chill out, man. Chill out. All right, I'll stop with it. Chill out, chill out. But another thing, you talked about the book, and I think the book is probably, I didn't get a chance to get to that point, but the book is, is, is paramount for me. Um, it is super paramount for me as well. So... So we're we're really excited, and it's just been a great year, and I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. And and for us, for you too, I didn't, you know, 
for you to be my best man. I know you you better get you better get to stepping on that speech. Remember, Brittany's got you on a five minute timer. Well, you you, you know I've already been in a writing mode, so I ha- I have a couple of different scenarios already scripted right. out. Uh, so right. you know, just I'll just let the I'll just let the mood determine which one comes out, and I'm not even going to share it with you because I want you to be just as shocked as everybody else. So. Right. I have so I have been in I have been in that creative mode to where I've been writing it. So don't worry. So don't worry. Yeah, I think we both just gotta worry that the colonel might not uh you know he may not abide he may not play well with others. So uh so um you know, wrapping this up, we just wanna thank everybody this year who's been on our podcast, too many people to to thank, uh, thank everybody. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should just do a wrap up, like just do like a bunch of posts. We wrap up everybody that we've interviewed this whole year. I think that'll be super dope. Let's do it. I'll, I'll make that. I'll make that my mission today and the rest of today. But um, we're gonna leave off talking about all the things you could do for us because we just want to be thankful for that. So uh, in the coming year, every podcast, every post is gonna have a way that you can support us. Um, and help us achieve the mission of giving every kid the teacher they deserve. So um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that listens. Will, thank you, man. It was a great year. and Thank you, sir. Man, can't wait for 2020. You know, you're, you're giving me my first because this is the very first time I'll, I'll be the best man in a wedding, man. So, so like that, when you asked that, I had, I had to hold back the tears because I didn't, didn't want to get out of sappy. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> so but uh that man it, i am completely honored man your friendship has meant the world to me my brother you just um time will show you know what this collision is going to produce and, right. and I, i'm excited uh as they say on tiptoe expectations man eyes booked every day looking and waiting to see what's going to come out of this collision because i know it wasn't an accident right you know, too many, too much came together so soon in so right many of the time. right ways and at the right time. So I, I'm excited about what's going to come out of it. And I'm excited more for the students and the teaching craft in, 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 at large, yeah. man. Yeah, it's going to be. Make a move. All right, bro. Good talk. Right. Good talk. And signing out to 2019 and to 2020. Keep your vision 2020 clear. <laughs>